1: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
2: And I'm Scott Galloway. And Kara, I have been officially or I have selected or volunteered to be a subject in the phase three trials of a vaccine.
1: Really? Are you lying or No, I, the truth? I
2: took it yesterday. It's the Russian vaccine and <laughs> I don't want anyone to worry about me. I'm feeling fine. My za Donoda Trump. Oh my god, I'm Russian. I'm Russian. <laughs> That's such... good vaccine you know what? humor.
1: Vaccine, That's good vaccine. There's no humor. good vaccine humor. There's That's no That's good
2: vaccine humor. The only
1: person who can make vaccine humor is probably Bill Gates, I'm guessing. That's at this good point. humor.
2: Good vaccine Let me just humor. Say,
1: let me just oh. say, there's a lot of back and forth over when the vaccine's coming. Trump keeps, uh, the, the actual scientists keep saying no in testimony in front of the Senate uh, or in front of Congress. And, and I think it was, yeah, it was the Senate. Um, and and Trump keeps saying three weeks. But I, I feel like it's, 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 we have to get a vaccine. Although from reading a lot about it last night, actually, I was reading a lot for an interview I'm preparing for. It's going to be a long, long, long time before we get one. You think? Yes. No, I don't think. I, well, I, so what, I read are, all well,
2: what have you heard? I think there's just so many conflicting views. Well, it's Jews not a like herd.
1: I listen to, I read scientists, not politicians. Uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs>
2: just give me a fucking opinion, smarty pants. It,
1: it's going to be two shots a long time from now. So the end of 2020, the end of 2021, 2021 into twenty two. Right. before yeah. everybody gets it. There's going to be a small amount of people that get it, and then it's going to take forever. So we're not going to be out of this thing for a while. That's yeah. the best case scenario. Just so you know. Yeah.
2: Well, Fauci said that, right? He said by yeah. the end of 21, life really won't be back to normal. He thinks until the end of 21. Yes,
1: people are going to be uh, vulnerable to this for a long, long, long time. So just whatever Trump says about three weeks, he's smoking some something, something, smoking some something, something. But he always does that. He just lies without uh, recourse, which is you know one of his specialities. Um, uh, let's get into the stuff we, we were talking about. So uh, Amazon uh, announced it is offering podcast streaming on Amazon Music. We could yay for us, I guess. And then Spotify stock fell. Uh, what do what do we think of this? And then Trump is jumping at the idea to do a four hour debate with Joe Biden on the Joe Rogan podcast with. J- Joe Biden should not do, um, but uh, probably will not do, a lot of activity in the podcast market.
2: Well, if you think about where video went, the playbook there is the only real way to differentiate is through original content. And it's very expensive and risky to try and back music artists. And the model right now, the kind of entrenched players, the record labels have figured out a way that it just doesn't – you know, even Jay Z can't figure out his own his own kind of direct-to-consumer infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's they're not an oligopoly, but they're sort of a triopoly. Mm-hmm. And so, if Spotify wants to go vertical, they can either forward integrate into hardware, or they can reverse integrate into content. And they, when they reverse integrated into content, they found the place that they could differentiate in an exploding medium was, you guessed it, podcasts. And you could you could spend a billion dollars and have a decent, stable podcast content that potentially differentiates your service. A billion dollars behind Taylor Swift and Beyonce, who knows what happens, right? They they would probably want two or 300 million bucks just for their next couple albums. And so it makes sense. And you know what's going to happen is it's good for for the jungle cat and the dog because now there's more bidders trying to find original content around podcasting. And there are over a million podcasts, but I bet less than Yeah, literally less than 100 or 200, are self-sustaining.
1: And they're inexpensive. I was just uh, uh, FaceTiming with a friend of mine who happens to be an actor, Sean Hayes, who's on Will and Grace. And he, I I noticed he was- Jack, he's, great. Yeah, he's um, great. He he was uh, he was number three on all of Apple Podcasts with his really? thing called Smartless. He's doing it with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett, and they bring on a surprise. They each have to surprise each other with a guest every episode. It's a great, it's a yeah. great idea, and they're all very funny. It's just essentially three white guys sitting, funny white guys sitting around talking. And he's yeah. number three now, which is. And I was like, "How did you do that?" And he said, "He self-funded it. Like he wasn't his yeah. agent. Well, it that, wasn't a." Ho-
2: there's no barriers of entry, but the problem yeah. is there's no moats either. It's
1: yeah, and and. Well, a,
2: a, the, the, yeah, creativity. but the celebrity podcasts, the celebrity podcasts haven't had staying power. Remember Alec Baldwin's podcast yeah. was hot for a while. Um, it's it's a very difficult medium. I mean, to sustain. Really that's just what I'm telling to, you. That have sustained got, it. Yeah, I said you. you're a lazy I mean, celebrity.
1: You, you probably can't sustain it. But in any case, it's Rogan. a really it's an interesting time, and it's an interesting time for uh, for for podcasting. Do you think uh, Joe Rogan should, uh, should uh, Joe Biden should go on Joe Rogan's show? The Joe should go on the Joe show.
2: No, I I look, at the at the end of the day, the person who's up in the polls wants to minimize all exogenous risk. In debates, right. there's always an opportunity for exogenous risk. And if you believe the polls, and I, you know, I everyone's nervous, right? We're all right. scared to believe the polls. Right. But if you do believe the polls, it looks like he is Biden is markedly up. It looks like it's going to even be difficult for Trump in most elections it would be it most a lot of a lot of media companies, had they not been hit by a car in mm-hmm. in, in um, 2016, would be saying that it's basically over. And the campaign wants to minimize. You know, Speaker O'Neill never used to debate his opponents because he didn't yeah. need to. Didn't and need. And right now, I, I personally, I just don't think Biden should should debate him. I, I think it. I think there's less opportunity for a gotcha moment when they're not standing next to each other. Yep. Or yep. sitting
1: next to each other, Yeah, and, um, and Joe Rogan will gotcha him because he's of course. Back yeah, in but Trump. I
2: don't, and I think Joe would actually try to be even handed because yeah. it would be a big yes. moment of credibility for him. I think he would. I actually think he would do a good job. I think he's an interesting guy with a different viewpoint. Although I know you're not a big fan, I. I, I don't I, like. I all think his he would do a good theories. job, but yeah, I don't I think, think if I'm if I'm yeah. advising the Biden campaign, and by the way. I think Obama and the Clintons got together and said, okay, playtime's over, Joe. Here, who's, here is who is advising you. I think he is getting yeah. very smart advice. Yeah. I think they'd say, all right, come up with excuses, but we're just not going to debate this guy. Unless we I go below no. four or five points margin, yeah. there's no reason to debate him.
1: Just say no. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, I a banter. I think he shouldn't do it. It's like, that's a, that's, it's, it's perfect for Trump to like w- wander around and talk. It's, it's like it's a perfect Trump. And start lying. Yeah. You know, he loves to I mean, like the other night, he was just going on and on and on, like lying. And and you can't stop the lies, right? You can't check, do the lie checks. And it would be Joe Biden checking lies and it would be exhausting. Um, I don't, he's not sleepy, but he, the lies, you know, if, if you ever watch, uh, I think it's Daniel Dale who does the <laughs> rundowns of oh, lies. Oh, I was
2: just thinking of him. Ugh, oh, so my good. God, that guy. Let's get he, him This on is park. his moment. He's like that guy, Baghdad, the general, the guy. Yeah. He, he, yeah. That guy's going to have action figures. He is yeah. so good. He's oh, so good. Oh, my gosh, that guy's good.
1: He's good. Um, so uh, Republican uh, senators led by Marco Rubio are asking Trump to reject the TikTok deal, uh, or I wrote about it this week. I'm, I'm on the same side as uh, Josh Hawley and uh, Marco Rubio, oddly enough. Um, uh, what do you think about that very briefly? I mean, it's it's essentially a, a glorified vendor deal from what a lot of us can tell, um, but it's not clear what's going on and whether it's it, it was just a lot of noise from Trump. Out. It feels like it.
2: Basically, every uh, Republican president or Republican senator that wakes up in the morning and looks in the mirror and says "Hello, Mr. President," including Marco mm-hmm. Rubio, who Florida citizens have been funding an extended and failed presidential win. I-, I think literally every moment of every day, Senator Rubio is trying to figure out what gets him a bigger turnout in Des Moines. I think yeah. that is all he does. And what you're going to see, especially if the margin between and the polls between Biden and Trump remains at oh. eight points. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Republicans are going to find something they haven't come across yeah. in about four years. They're going to find their testicles. And yeah. you're already seeing it. You're already seeing them starting to say, OK, I'm not on board with this. All of a sudden, they're finding their backbone. Yeah. And if in two weeks Biden is still up by eight points, you're going to see all of a sudden a lot of leadership from Republican senators saying, I disagree with the president. Yeah. And this is just the latest example. And they're right. This thing is. This the CFIUS review. If if CFIUS has any integrity, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, the national
1: security, the the cyber security agency has to sign off on it, really. And if they say no, and then they approve it anyway, which they apparently can do, which is I don't hate to use that term with this administration, it'd be uh, it'd be something. I I I can't even tell what it is. But Oracle's not the owner, and and the Chinese get to keep the company. That's really that's kind of what's happening here. Even it's a follow on financing, as we said, yeah. That's all it is. We're going to go on to big stories. The Apple Rundle has arrived, and their new fitness service is giving Peloton a run for its money. I just want to point out, Scott, when I'm giving you your due about Apple's stock being up uh, some 40%, you said it would be, uh, even though, as you noted, revenue hadn't necessarily changed that much. Um, At Apple's annual event this week, the company announced their new subscription program, Apple One. Uh, the service will include Apple Arcade, Apple Plus, TV+, Plus, iCloud, Apple Music, and other services uh, starting at $14.95 a month. Plus, they introduced their new Apple Fitness+, Plus, which will function much like Peloton streaming recorded classes by top fitness trainers. Uh, the move has been rumored since August, and Andrew ross Sorkin and I talked about it while Scott was out, but mm-hmm. the dog is the Rundle expert. Scott, in December of 19, he predicted the Apple stock would be up uh, on a move on the Rundle. Boom, I guess. Is that how I say it? Boom. Go on. You can do it. Go ahead. Go, Go ahead. On. Do the boom.
2: B to the double O to the M. That's right. Recurring revenue bundle. No one had ever heard of it. Apple. There's a really interesting business lesson for almost any company. And that mm-hmm. is all right, all right. We're going to be in a low growth economy. We can't double our revenues, but we need to double our stock price, or our stakeholders are just going to invest their human and their financial capital in Zoom or Peloton. And the only way you can do that is to do what Apple's done. But Apple has not increased their earnings one buck in the last 18 months. Their stock's up 150% because 23% of their revenue now comes from recurring revenue, specifically services. What do you think of
1: this particular rundle? Yep. It's anemic. I I feel like more should be in there. It's anemic. It's anemic, right. I felt it was not a good rundle.
2: It's it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's the bad news bears of apps all strung together. And it's cute and it's nice and and you like everything. You do save some money. But here's the thing, an effective Rundle, and everybody, CEOs call me all the time and say, we want to move to a recurring rapid bundle. And I'm like, all right, are you willing to invest billions of dollars and take your earnings down? Because the metaphor is monogamy. And that is, if you're going to go all in on someone someone and give up all the rest, it better be an incredibly strong value proposition. Sure. When Amazon says, all right, two-day free delivering on all your orders, Dad yeah. is like, okay, I am hot. Let's bunker down for the next 50 or 60 years and procreate. I am going yeah. to go all in on it's you. True. I'm not going to cheat with eBay or any other one else. Right. You know, it is really, it's got to be a compelling offer. And right now it's just not a very compelling offer. You yeah. got music, you got games, you got Apple TV Plus, you got some some cloud storage, and they're basically testing their fitness app. But the the yep. mother, the the gangster move here is very obvious. And it's two words: first word I, second word, phone. The opportunity mm-hmm. for Apple is to take the real leap, and, and, and Tim Cook's one of the few people that has the credibility, the capital and the brand to do this, and to take their Apple Care and their, their iPhone package, which I think is about 35 bucks a month, and basically yeah. say to the top two, three percent of the world that are all iOS users, for 100 or 150, 200 bucks a month, we'll give you all of this, all these kind of, you know tier two apps. Plus uh-huh. we'll give you your iPhone, your iPad, your AirPods, and by the way, boss. You're going to get everything 30 days before anybody else. We're not even going to tell you to ship it to you. Don't you want the iPhone 30 days before everybody else? Wouldn't you take it? I would take it. I'd say just ship it to me. Because the biggest mistake that companies make and marketers make is believing that choice is a good thing. No, we want less choice. We just want to be more confident in our choices. There
1: are many statistics on that, happiness and lack of choice. Well, I don't know about you, but I have decided
2: when I go to restaurants— I try, yeah. I do believe that research that you only have a certain number of good decisions in you every day. So I yeah. try not make decisions around anything that's not important. I try to defer to somebody else and I want to focus my decision calories on things that matter.
1: Absolutely. So you I don't know, order I eat food at or restaurants sandwich anymore. every day.
2: Just whoever I'm I with, I'm like, oh, I sandwich let the weight over. Every
1: order. single day. What's that? I do. I eat the same sandwich every day. Really? Yeah.
2: What is that sandwich?
1: I like it. It's a turkey sandwich <laughs> with a cheese and, and uh, coleslaw.
2: So you're that's sandwich very- monogamous. I like it. I am
1: a sandwich man but I agree monogamous. with you. I think this Rundle is anemic. That's a very good way of putting it. It's not a. I was like, I get much. More, I, I do love my Amazon Rundle. I do. It's like useful. The delivery, the it gets there quick. I'd like more stuff from them. I want more in my well, Rundle. They, they
2: took their core offering, e-commerce.
1: Uh, yeah. The only I want successful
2: them to, to Rundles in the world.
1: Spin it up a little bit for me. A you, you know bit you know what
2: the test of a Rundle is? It's not whether it's what? a good value, it's not whether it's interesting. It's whether it's a fucking IQ test. If you have if you have an IQ over 80 in a credit card, you have Amazon Prime. If you have an IQ yeah. over 60 in a credit card, you have Netflix. This is not an IQ test. It kind of takes some yeah. time. You have to trade it off. And you also have to have an adjunct that makes the core offering that much better. Panera? Is offering mm-hmm. unlimited coffee for nineteen ninety five a month? They've signed up a million people. Why? Because yeah. it's an IQ test, of course. Why wouldn't you do that?
1: Yeah, yeah I agree. Anyway, I think it's anemic. Think rich but people it's the are very something uh, uh, parsimonious. Rich people do like their things, and you do recognize value. You do. There is a value, not in terms of saving money. It's like this is easy for me, kind of thing. I like. I like Arundel, and this. I agree. This isn't a good enough run. I don't want any of. I don't want Apple Arcade. I, I, I sort of want Apple TV, I guess, plus um, iCloud. Well, I already get that, right? And then uh, I, and I, I buy storage like a little bit, but it doesn't cost that much. And music, which already costs that much. So it doesn't – I don't know. I don't know. What, we'll talk about Apple Fitness+. Plus. Um, this is something they're doing uh, in competition with Peloton, although more people like the actual device of Peloton, which is the bike or the treadmill, Um than anything else. And they also like the, the trainers. I don't know if Apple can really compete without an actual device.
2: It's super interesting. And there's another business lesson here. You want to get in front, demographics or destiny, and you want to get in front mm-hmm. of migration patterns. So if you were to invest in home builders or infrastructure companies in Texas and, and Florida, you're going to be just fine because one of the great migrations is being really driven by two factors, and that's sunshine and low taxes. And then the mm-hmm. other, the biggest migrations. Probably in, gosh, consumer history are about to take place. And the first is 18% of GDP is up for grabs because healthcare is being blown up. Then the $700 billion higher ed cartel is being blown up. And also the sweat industrial complex. We are not, just to your previous points, we are not going back into a dark, damp soul cycle or various boot camp in the next 18 months. And in addition, and the reality is around COVID 19, and we don't speak about this out loud. There has never been a good time, Kara, to be in really good shape. There has never yeah. been a good time to commit to eating better, a, 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 a better time to commit to getting fit and strong and being robust. Because if you believe Angela Merkel and that 60% of us at some point are going to have COVID-19, you're going to look back on all the mornings you got up and took a run or got on your Peloton or did some pull-ups or t- you know whatever it is. And you're going to think, you know what? That was probably a pretty good idea. Yeah. And I think the fitness industry has been basically, 30 to 40% of it has been shut down. Yes. Yeah, so- not, when are you, I'm so, not going back to What do you Equinox. think of this
1: thing? I'm going to make you land the plane here. What?
2: Well, okay, so I think I think it's a huge, I think fitness is a huge opportunity. I have not tried Apple Fitness. I wonder, I wonder if if they can, here's the thing, Apple's competence at the end of the day, a lot of people would say it's software. I still believe it's hardware. Yeah. I think the, I think, look, I think- iOS is beautiful, but I think it's the iPhone and the actual yeah. MacBook that are extraordinary and singular. And I don't see how they ever really make a big move in this without some sort of vertical integration into hardware. Yeah. What do you think? I
1: agree. They have to have the bikes. I, 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 I'm going to tell you something, although I sound like an elitist. I just uh, bought a new uh, Peloton. Because...
2: You bought a second Peloton? No, well,
1: no, I'm trading mine in. They're giving me an enormous amount of money for it. Now, I was, that was left at my house, so I didn't pay anything for it, uh, this Peloton. But I'm getting a, a substantive amount of money for it, uh, the old yeah. one. They're taking it out of my house, they're bringing the new one. And yeah. so, it, it, what, you know, when I do the what if I had a fitness club or something like that, it's actually somewhat aff- affordable because I usually used to have a fitness club uh, membership or something like that, and so it's actually like once you once you take the return and and the the, the service is so good, they show up and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's not that bad when you zero it out, right? Essentially, and so I, I bought one because I love the device. I love that just like I like love the iPhone or I love the Mac, um, and so. I, they have to have a device because I don't want to use their Apple Fitness Plus thing just to save money. I like the whole experience,
2: you know? What, well, and Apple's not about saving money, right? And think about how much money is up for grabs. I used and to if spend, they can rent
1: them, that's really interesting if you can rent these. I things.
2: can. I used to spend $240 a month to go hang out with really hot gay men in Lululemon. It's called Equinox. Yeah. And that $240 is up for grabs. Yeah,
1: well, that's so, what I was saying. You know, this isn't costing me that much comparatively at
2: all. But what do you think? Do you think they acquire Peloton? Do you think they come out with their own device? I, I don't so know. They're definitely going to go vertical. They're the best manufacturers of technology products in the world. Do they partner with it's someone? Do they come cl- out Peloton, with their own? Peloton,
1: despite that commercial, is a great brand right now. It's a great – even though the, the stock is up like a crazy amount um, – but it's indication. Well, it might be
2: too expensive and it also might raise antitrust concerns, but it's an incredible yeah. so, but, product. Speaking, it has the highest MPS in of the of consumer product in the world. significant
1: right issues you know, after Epic Games sued the company and then Apple's hitting back pretty hard, uh, saying they started the fire. Uh, will yeah. that affect their moving into things like this?
2: Well, that, that's the issue here is that the, is people can say, this is a great example of, again, how monopolies are bad, and that is they're stringing together. This kind of, what it's called Apple One. It should be called Apple Meh. And that is Apple Music is sort of the second or third best music offering. Apple TV Plus is sort of the third or fourth best TV offering. But because they're all tied together and because they can put it at the top of the app store, you search for anything and it's like all you see is ads. It's like how Netflix made everybody watch The Birdcage or whatever it was called, The Bird Box, which was Mm -hmm. just a shitty film. Apple can basically shove this bundle or this rundle down almost everyone's throat and everyone that competes with the specific specific apps is going to go, wait, we're so much better than this app. But because they control the rails, it's another example. It'll be used as Exhibit 38B in the antitrust case. Against Apple, or even not antitrust, but the the case that says that the App well, Store Peloton needs to be regulated. Went it down. really is an Peloton example went down. of how you know
1: it was pretty quick.
2: Yeah, but it's 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 I mean it's dramatic. It's, it's up again,
1: but it went down Peloton when Apple announces. I just, just don't. Just I, I didn't even. I, I didn't even think about and so downloading. I like on the, Amazon the news. products I have, and it had it would have to be substantively better. It would have to integrate into my device.
2: Really compelling. I don't. Yeah, and uh, and Peloton has a, a an app or a program, yes, a do. fitness program, distinct of the device. It's I don't about, use it that think much. Ten percent of the revenue, and it's growing fast. It feels like they are really coming, uh, really coming into each other's yes. swim lane. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in what I call the sweat industrial complex. But who do again, you bet for
1: on this one? Who do you bet for in this particular part?
2: Well, I think the answer is yes. I think it's great to be a monopoly and it's great to be the key innovator with the winds of COVID behind you. I don't think it's either or. I think Peloton and Apple are so both So they're like do, the
1: Netflix of fitness,
2: Do really well. But at the same time, you know who gets hurt? Who gets really okay. hurt? Okay, so this is so indicative of our economy. There's one innovator that makes billions of dollars and we think it's an innovation economy. Okay, that's one. It's Peloton. But think about all the companies that are going to go out of business. SoulCycle, yeah. a great company going to go out of business. Equinox, a great company is going to go out of business. All There's owned by the same guy. Uh, uh, oh, the guy related. Yeah, yeah, related. But even I, I got a look and a chance to invest in CrossFit. I do CrossFit. You know, CrossFit. Uh-huh. Uh, I still think they carve out a, a niche. But all these great small. Yeah. What happens to Orange Theory? Another fantastic yeah. company they're located here in Boca Raton. So yeah, they're open. Yeah, that's got to be. I think the revenues are probably twenty oh, or thirty percent. I won't down. go in there.
1: I, it feels you wouldn't like go into it. an Orange Theory. I did. I used to use it quite a bit. I liked it. It was a kind mm-hmm. of, a, I liked the workout and I did it like twice a week because I thought it was kind of fun. Like, right. It was just gave some variance. Um, uh, once or twice a week. Yeah, I won't go in there. It feels like I'm a the COVID, same way. I won't
2: go into a room COVID where people soup. are working out. It feels like just too soup. much. There's too much exhale.
1: Yeah. Once I, once the vaccine, I'll go back it, or things like that. I like rumble. There were a whole bunch of them. I tried different ones out. Like there was sort of like going out to like uh Fast fashion stores, you know what I mean, like or something like that. They're, but not now, not now. They all are. You know, what in was the most humiliating basements. thing
2: about CrossFit? The last time I was there before COVID what? broke out, it's all you all compete against the clock. You have to conduct a certain amount yeah. of rounds against the clock, and uh, and the everyone gets warms. done. It's basically a bunch of lesbian firefighters and twenty-five-year-old male bartenders on human growth hormone. <laughs> it's some of the like most <laughs> the strongest, inspiring people in the world, and me. And you know what they started what? doing? Literally. So everyone would finish and start fist bumping, and I'd be over there flopping <laughs> on the ground trying to do my burpees. And Kara, I'm not joking, they would surround me and start clapping <laughs> and saying shit person. like, It's so, go, loser. and they would go, They would literally, they would surround <laughs> me and they'd say shit like, It's so great you're here. And I'd be like, Fuck you, get away from me. <laughs> oh, it was so humiliating. You never mess with a lesbian it firefighter. Like, it's so never. great you're here. Stay it's away. so great you're here. Yeah, fuck yeah. you.
1: Well, Oh, Anyways. you're the sad little, little.
2: I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Oh, it's you so cute. It. Isn't he cute doing his. Come on, doing Scotty, his you
1: can make it to the finish line. Oh, trying to get my AMRAP. Scotty, good try.
2: <laughs> now I work out outside. Good <laughs> try, which is wonderful. Scotty. I'm going
1: to call you Scotty from now on. I know. Listen, we're yeah, going to take awful. a quick break, Scotty. Uh, we'll be back to talk about celebrities freezing out Instagram and a listener mail question. No,
2: I've Russian. No, it's Dosky
1: Okay, we're back. Let's talk about a couple of issues at Facebook this week. Some of Hollywood's biggest stars are boycotting uh, Instagram for 24 hours to protest misinformation. Hate speech. Celebrities, including Kim Kardashian West, joined with the Stop the Hate for Profit campaign. This is the coalition of civil rights organizations that had organized the ad boycott in Facebook back in July. Earlier this week, a whistleblower, former employee at Facebook, said executives the company ignored or were slow to address issues around international governments using the platform to spread misinformation. It was a devastating uh, essay that she wrote on media. Meanwhile, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that the Federal Trade Commission is gearing up for an antitrust law by the end of the year. Also, today uh, uh, there's more sort of evidence of them not being able to control this platform. In this case, uh, a, a message that's been going around that's been shared a lot, of t- saying for people to attack um, BLM and Antifa people to get ready for attacks and stuff like that, um, which has been shared more than most things by President Trump. And so it continues, this continuing. Now, the celebrities got made fun of for doing this. Um, And of course, this group, uh, Stop Hate for Profit, has been effective with the ads, although who knows if it has a real impact. Um, But what do you you think? People made fun of celebrities for, oh my God, 24 hours, you're killing us kind of thing. Um, What are your thoughts on this? Continues, that was my point.
2: I think I think it's performative and totally ineffective. I don't, and I. It's just sort of oh, that'll show them you're taking 24 hours off of Instagram. Yeah, come on. I just, I don't, I don't know. Fine. I I, I, look these. They have voices. They're important voices. I I think Mm -hmm. their hearts in the right place. I don't see any real downside here. But in terms of actual effect, uh, and the the advertiser boycott. uh, Look, at the end of the day. What they should do is testify in front of Congress. What they should do is, is host fundraisers for senators who are willing mm-hmm. to do the hard work and and uh, advance antitrust. But the notion that anyone gives a shit that Chloe Kardashian is taking 24 minutes off of yeah. Instagram in protest, it just— well, who, who I, I, I agree with I, I, you. I agree.
1: I agree. Anyways, it's easy to it's, it's easy to effective. dunk on these people, but th- this this is the continuing like. Eventually, you think this has any impact on regular people not using it, or what? Like, ew! It's just these little signals. like no. What would stop hate for profit? Do I mean they tried the ad? What do you do? You've talked about jail. You've talked about jail you hold time. Them, I think, you hold them is what liable. Your, Look, one
2: of one of the reasons we keep having these too big to fail and financial crises is there was no one was arrested from the financial crisis. The algebra of disincentive, you mm-hmm. know where the algebra of disincentives worked really well is around varsity where? blues. I would bet if either of us got a call yeah. when our kid was trying to get into college and said, hey, for, for $250,000, I can get your kid into UCLA, a big upgrade from where they're going now, USC, we would say no thank you and hang up the phone because – we have seen Ann Becky yep. do a perp walk. We've seen Felicity Huffman do a perp walk. We d- that. The algebra incentive is also because, the it's probability wrong, of getting Scott, caught,
1: because it's wrong, Scott. Because it's wrong. It's also because it's wrong. I don't even need to see a perp walk. But oh, go okay. ahead. Okay, but
2: you, you have a clearly higher ethical standards than the rest of us. But anyway,s just Obviously. in case for the rest of us, the algebra of disincentive is the likelihood or the probability of getting caught times the punishment has to be greater than the expected upside. And again, that algebra it's working with varsity blues and and, and paying someone to have your uh, paying someone to take your kid's sat that works that's government working where the algebra of disincentive is turning the algebra of incentive is around big tech and also quite frankly financial institutions that absolutely have really kind of didn't didn't pay any sort of price no financial executive went to prison in the the meltdown of 2008 anyway my point is yeah, it, it, all this stuff is just—it's almost—it's—it's it's almost good for Facebook because it gives people the illusion that they're being punished or something is happening. The FTC right. is no longer a regulatory body; it's uh, the cheapest insurance company in the world that says for one percent of your market cap will indemnify you against future, future um, legal action against anything you've done. So, look, the algebra—the algebra of disincentive needs to be revisited. I think there needs to be huge fines. Or a perp walk across big tech. I think I think it's getting that serious. Oh, what do you interesting. think? Interesting.
1: And what what would be the perp walk for?
2: Oh, I don't know. Inciting genocide, uh, perjury, multiple uh, instances of perjury, fraud.
1: It, it feels a lot, a lot like. Trump in a lot of ways because he just keeps violating the law. Although is he violating the law? He's lawless, or he, and then there's no way to enforce it. It feels like you're sort of a sheriff in a small town, a western town, and you can't do anything about, you know, the villain that enters town and is breaking up the the uh, the saloon and everything else. I, I just it's like, what do you? What is the actual? That's the thing is how do you actually get them? doing that part walk.
2: Well, here's the thing, I, you know, what Stalin said about one death is a tragedy, millions of deaths are a statistic. I think these individuals yes. have learned that, I think Facebook would be in more trouble if it had done kind of one or two bad things versus 200. Because mm-hmm. you start focusing in on, I think if, I think if uh, poor, if incompetence, two people died at an embassy in Benghazi, and it's a tragedy because we put a name to their face. But when we have 5% of the world's population and 25% of the infections and probably i don't know 100 to 300,000 more deaths uh, based on negligence and incompetence it's no longer there's no longer faces attached to it it's st- a statistic if you're robin hood rather than maybe stealing from one trader or one account holder if you if you incrementally steal from millions or hide information and you continue to violate you continue to ignore teen depression it becomes a statistic not a tragedy And so the key around breaking the law or acting unethically is to do it thousands or millions of times in a small incremental way. And I think these companies have learned that. I think they've gone after Lenin's statistical approach and said, all right, if I'm Donald Trump, if I insult every cohort, then I'm irreverent. But if he were just to go after, if he were just to mock disabled people, he'd be in trouble. But no, I'm going to mock Women, I'm going to mock people of color. I'm going to be right. I'm going to be xenophobic. And then it all becomes, well, he's just irreverent. And there's no specific crime to zero in on
1: right right. so so here, in this case, it's got to be the federal government initially doing things like FTC, I would assume
2: I, I think when it comes to our biggest problems, whether it's climate change, whether it's income inequality or whether it's the growing power, unfettered power, unchecked power of big tech, the, the only countervailing force that has ever arrested any real true evil over the last hundred years has been either uh, fantastic journalists, law enforcement, but specifically, it's been the U.S. government. We yeah. have to step in and regulate. And the government gets it wrong all the time, but the heart is in the right place. And they're the only one with the scale and the authority and the checks and balances to hold private power accountable. And
1: all right. When it so doesn't you don't want to give Kim power, Kardashian any claps, will you? You're not giving her any claps. Who's this? Kim Kardashian. No, I'm kidding. Look, <laughs> she uh, does.
2: Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. But yeah. until until the Attorney General says, "All right, if you continue to do this, if we find people are being pulled out of cars in India and hanged," Uh, yep. We are going to reverse engineer it to someone's liability at the corporation yep. that is in charge of this platform. There's and certainly a lot of on. evidence,
1: These, especially all these whistleblowers. They're coming out of the woodwork over there, you know, with with example after example after example. So we'll see. All right, Scott, let's go to a listener mail question. Let's play it.
0: you got, you got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. you you've got mail. Hi, Scott and Kara. This is Robin calling from Seattle. As I experience and read about the heat waves, fires, and
2: smoke up and down the West Coast, I've been thinking specifically about the evolution of California's brand and how that could affect those of us in the Pacific Northwest. For a 100 years, California was a sort of American promised land, its massive population growth due to year-round sunshine and enormous economic opportunity. But weather is no longer the attraction it was as climate change has brought record heat, droughts, and massive fires. The big wine growers have been hedging with land as far north as British Columbia. And the new work-from-home opportunities could mean that Silicon Valley in particular is no longer so appealing geographically. Add all these trends together and you're left with only the entertainment business around L.A. as a big draw to the state. What do you think are the longer-term impacts of all this on how we view California? Thanks, and I love the show. Kara. I'd like to get your thoughts on this, the brand California.
1: I've been talking to a lot of people in California about this. Um, a lot of people... um are doing this? They're moving out, uh, which is interesting. They are moving yeah. out of. I mean, this this last thing with you know, San Francisco had done rather well in the COVID area, so they were sort of sort of bumping along pretty well compared to most of the state. Although Los Angeles had, was hit harder and didn't have as much uh, ability to fight it off, um, but. I I think that's absolutely true. I don't know what, what the brand. I I always think it comes back because it's a beautiful state. It's a it's a gorgeous yep. place to live. There's so many. There's you know. There's just a different kind of thinking out there. there it really truly is. Um, you know, just living here. I can feel sort of the the lard above my head. I, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not as innovative. It just isn't. Um, e- everyone's pretty satisfied to be here. And I always think about it like. The people who kept going, what kind of people were they, right? And then there's the people who said, mm-hmm. yeah, Pennsylvania will do just fine. Or yeah, I'm, we're good. I'm stopping at, you know, here, I'm stopping. Utah. Yeah, Utah whatever. <laughs> Utah takes a lot to get there. But,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, I, I don't know. It's a really good question because there is, you know, there are all the issues around homelessness, around traffic, mm-hmm. around earthquakes, around these fires now. It sort of adds to, like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't know you know, what these tech companies are going to do since that this is where they are and this is where they, they mm-hmm. meet with each other. Um, So a lot of people are moving out. I just don't know if it doesn't then coalesce back to it when things are calmer. I, I don't know, what do you think?
2: Well, I'm I'm a native son of California. I spent the first 35 years of my life in California and I I have a huge debt to the generosity and vision of California taxpayers and the Regency of UC. I don't think they're... California is singular. It is the most beautiful, interesting society, geography in the world. It is to America, the America brand, what Air Jordan is to Nike, what the Mercedes Gullwing is to Mercedes. It is singular and an unbelievable. It's the crown jewel, in my opinion, of America. Yeah. The crown jewel of California, in my view, is, is state education. If you think about even big tech, there's been, show me a company that's created more than $10 billion. billion of shareholder value within 12 months, and I'll show you a company that's in a bike ride of a a fantastic California educational institution. I I think Cal State, half a million kids, UC, I think they should double, um, go back to where we were in the 80s where unremarkable kids had remarkable opportunities. I think a huge investment in education. I think they should embrace their love of immigrants and progressive policies. I think that whole state should become a sanctuary state and say, if you're smart and hardworking, please come here. Um, I think absolutely embracing the Latino culture has been a huge boon for us. On the flip side, because I don't want to sound like a total liberal, I think the state legislature is going to have to take a harder line against unions because taxes and costs have become totally unmanageable mm-hmm. in California. But I, like in management and climate change, it's all terrible. But at the end of the day, California is where people keep going to reinvent themselves and take risks. And it happens to be the most beautiful place on earth. So I don't think there's anything wrong with california that can't be fixed with what's right with it Uh. but it's going to have to bring down its costs and but i'd say embrace your progressiveness embrace your embrace of immigrants and embrace state-funded education i I think that i think california you know california will have ups and downs as long as they have that desert that ocean the hollywood bowl that you know it's just an extraordinary state there's very few people that drive that drive from san diego to 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 orange county to laguna to los angeles to zuma to santa barbara to san luis obispo to san francisco to carmel and think you know what i wouldn't mind living yeah. here no. <laughs> this is just it's extraordinary <laughs> should we, extraordinary. Do, that drive? Should we do highway 1
1: like in a, like a corvette could be disastrous. Oh, you know it. We should do You that. know it the most. We should do a podcast. You
2: know group. it the most. Yeah,
1: it is. I I feel like, you know, definitely my friends are like on their last legs there. And I have a house there. I I miss it, but I miss it. I really do. I even despite all the uh issues. I think it's really hard to it has a draw that's very hard to explain. And it's because it's it's so like it's it's got a lot of possible, but there's definitely like you're definitely like, Good God, this is too much. This is one too many. Um You know, we'll see a lot of people did, were like today, there was a lot of postings, you know, of those sort of apocalyptic Blade Runner photos in San Francisco, for example. I'm just focusing on that because I live there. I've lived there. Um, I live in D.C. now. But, um, you know, you see those photos. And then today, there were all these beautiful blue sky photos. And everyone was like, last week, this week. And, you know, they were happy. They were sort of had forgotten that, which is interesting. Um, so, and there is a really strong ability to slough things off. I think it's a question of whether yeah, tech agreed. companies, having people, just specifically tech companies, having people in the same place, despite this being a digital industry and everyone talking about work from home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there is a thing about analog proximity that makes an exciting 100%. culture so,
2: and what you said before, the people who kept going, yeah, there's a reason that venture capital, the people who venture, mm-hmm. Are in, on the way, it's it's a, it's in our DNA. You, you take the biggest risk takers in the world, left Europe, got on a barf barge, called a boat for nine weeks, yeah. got to the U.S., and then the ones that said, I'm willing to take more risk, right. kept heading west. Yeah. And I'm not only willing to take more risk, I'm ridiculously fucking hardy. I can survive s- snakes and scurvy and, well, they didn't have scurvy, but it, it, whatever, scurvy. whatever was killing <laughs> scurvy. them. Scurvy. And then... I could get past the Rockies in a fucking wagon. <laughs> the people, the DNA, of the people who ended up in California is pretty awesome DNA. Yeah. Or I am going to risk my life and figure out a way to immigrate here because I want to work hard and I want to make I want to make money and send it home. It's 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 like God didn't DNA of risk taking, creativity,
1: concern for family,
2: wanting a better life. It's just all of it. It is more. Creative. Oh my gosh, you're. You're literally mating, like, I don't know, the two hottest, smartest people in the world. It's like, it's literally California is the army of offspring of Gisele and Tom Brady. And then throw in Madeleine Albright for, like, empathy and IQ or something. It's just—it's got the best DNA in the world. Right, how, we're, does,
1: we're pro- how does California so, not serve right Questioner. Sorry, we are—we uh, are pro-California. We think we—you can't—we can't, we, you can't not fix to be. what is right with Cal. You use that's it's like an old what's right with America. What's wrong? With, that's,
2: there's nothing wrong with Cal. There's nothing wrong with California that can't be fixed with what's right with California.
1: Yeah. All right. Who?
2: What state? Yeah. What state decided to have had an elected official? Yeah. An elected official who decided on the steps of City Hall to break the law and marry right. Kara Swisher <laughs> and her first wife. What's, what? What other state would do that? What other no. state would do that? No. What other state would say, Kara, we are not going to deny you the same pain and suffering as the rest of us? No, we are not going to. We are not going to deny <laughs> you, know, you I'm the bullshit. Soon. And, I'm the, and this again. construct invented by a bunch of dudes who didn't want. to am getting oh, married God, again, Anyways, don't, don't get me started me, on marriage. I'm
1: getting married again really soon.
2: Yeah, I know, you'll hear you about it. I know you are. I'm
1: doing the mini wedding. I'm doing it. Yeah,
2: I'll hear about it. I know. I'm, I'm doing it in a mini post. wedding,
1: and then I'll, the big one you'll get invited to. But the, we're doing a mini wedding because we have to. Because is That was ridiculous. the
2: most backhanded insult I've ever had. <laughs> I can't. You're, it's just my you're on the mass one, you're, you're on the big one. <laughs> You're on the big Oh wait, I get to miss the Zoom call with you and a bunch of dogs and, and your your kids and their <laughs> curling no irons zooming. and their hot girlfriends. I don't get invited you, to
1: that. Let me just tell yeah. you, there'll be no zooming in this wedding. There'll be no zooming. Yeah. There'll be no Zoom wedding for Kara Swisher. Thank you very much. Hey,
2: I've had the Russian vaccine. I'm safe. <laughs>
1: Listen to me. You'll come to the you'll come to the good wedding, the one with the with the dancing. Okay. All I'll right. bring vodka. All right. Oh God. I'm rethinking my vodka. invitation. You have to not embarrass me. Do you understand? You and my, my put you, put you and my mother we're going to put you and my mother at a table that's what's going to happen.
2: And then you virtue signal by just being just being horrified at me. <laughs> no, You're horrified. horrified. I,
1: I'm going to have a table of troublemakers and you and my mother will be the main lucky people together.
2: Lucky's a little fashion plate. Yeah, me and whatever. Lucky will hit the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, class up the joint a little bit. <laughs> class up the joint a little bit.
1: All right, Scott. One more quick break. We'll be and back.
2: Doctor Swisher will give me a hard time. He's become like my new dad. I he know. emails me when he thinks I'm out of line. I know that.
1: I love it. I love it. My brother's the hilarious. Best. He's in California, speaking of which. All right, Scott. One more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Okay, Scott, it's prediction time. I want you I want a really good one. You did well on Apple. There's several we've done well on. Uh there's another one that was
2: mm-hmm.
1: we were right. We were getting credit for. Oh, that people would, would would drop pay of people as they moved out of the Silicon Valley area. But that was they were doing that already. I don't feel like that was a prediction, but maybe you do.
2: So I'm fascinated by um one, I, I'd like to think the immunities are kicking in. I wonder if CFIUS is going to reject this deal. I, I, but more specifically, I think a really interesting dynamic in the public markets. So did you see the Snowflake IPO? Uh,
1: I did. Tell me. Talk about it. I, I think it's really interesting. Well, biggest software data, IPO in yeah.
2: history, uh, incredible cloud company, and, and in contrast to another storage, tech company.
1: data storage. But go ahead.
2: Another, yeah, it's yeah. basically cloud for databases. Another, another company that's trying to go public and take advantage of this froth around tech is Palantir. Yeah, And it'll be very interesting if the markets, uh, how much sanity has crept into the markets, because everything that Snowflake is, 3,400 clients growing 150% a year, incredible path to pr- uh, profitability, great logo or client renewal, great dollar renewal, which are really the two things any business needs to look at, logo renewal and dollar mm-hmm. renewal. And we should talk about them more at some point. But it's it kind of is the best of tech in the web, and I think Palantir is the worst. Seventeen years and three and a half billion dollars spent to build a company that does seven hundred million in revenue and loses $500 million, and three of its clients uh, are thirty percent of the revenue. One hundred and twenty total clients. Very. If you think of it, Snowflake is like Google. You can start small, see if it works, ramp up your spending. Whereas uh, Palantir is like a big ad agency that says you need three or five million bucks just to get started, and it takes a ton of time. It's really more of a services company. It's more like an Accenture. And if you look at the private markets, I'm fascinated with these secondary exchanges. And I went on to figure out if I could buy some Palantir shares, how much it would be. It's trading at 15 to 20 billion. And most recently, they're making signals that they're going to value it at 10 billion. So Palantir now has negative momentum. And then the really, really scary thing Mm -hmm. here, Mm Kara, that no one's talking about, that no one's talking about but you and me. So Facebook arguably is a global operating system for the consumer world, ex China. And the second most influential person in what has been the most damaging organization of the last 50 years is Peter Thiel. And Peter Thiel is the founder of Palantir and is also proposing series or class F shares such that they control, or he controls, along with the other co-founder, Palantir. And their stated mission is to be the operating system of government. So let me ask our consumers and our citizens and our senators and investors, do you think it's a good idea to have Peter Thiel as the control uh, the second most important person at the operating system for consumer world who wants to be the uh, the controlling shareholder for an operating system that figures out the algorithms behind camera surveillance and who gets targeted for FBI scrutiny it's sort of you know it's either like okay heads he wins tails we right. lose it's this company financially is, is a fucking yeah. disaster. They're trying to create distraction by being all secretive and spy versus spy. And we are not like Silicon Valley. Yeah, you're not like Silicon Valley. You haven't learned how to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And they, we have Peter Thiel is going to be who wants to be the controlling shareholder and most influential person in Facebook and now the operating system for surveillance. What could go wrong, Kara? What could go wrong? So So my prediction is the markets, I think the markets get it right, similar to the fire door that got slammed shut on Uh WeWork. I think the the fire door is going to slam shut again on Palantir. It is a shitty business. I mean, a... Shitty concentrated service like business that does not have the metrics of a SaaS company, and it's going to be controlled by an individual who has arguably, arguably been the invisible hand behind Facebook. Yep. He's been he's been the only one that hasn't left the board, and now he wants to be the controlling shareholder behind the operating yes, system for our government. Yes, he
1: does. Come yeah, but on, talk, a, talk come very quickly on. about the because we had only have a little bit of time. But the, of the of the economics of this, you have you you focused in on that that this is that this is sort of everyone will not be able to read and understand uh the how that d- doesn't make money.
2: Well, you have a company that's 17 years old that's raised and spent over 3 billion dollars and can't figure out a way to be profitable. It loses it loses 60 cents yeah. on the dollar. It it spent 1.2 million on 750 million in revenues and it's average it's got 120 clients it's got terrible renewal rates. So and, and also, I think it's some very bright people there. I think some of the some incredibly bright people, specifically every kid you know that got to level 20 in Dungeons and Dragons is working yeah. there now. It's just it's incredibly, uh, I think it's got a strong culture. I think they do good work. I think at uh, 700 million in revenues, it's worth what Accenture is worth, which is three to five times revenue. It's worth three to $4 billion. And also, I want to be clear, I like that Palantir has decided to do work for the government and said we're not going to do work for foreign mm-hmm. adversaries. I like that. But it shouldn't be a company controlled by one right. man. That's yeah. dangerous. So this is a good company, but already they have negative momentum because they are not growing as fast as other SaaS companies, and they're more, they, they have not figured out a way to get to profitability. And then we have a CEO who claims to be a socialist who's paying himself $15 million a right. year. Like I said, this company is the Rudy Giuliani of tech, and I think the firewall has been triggered. I think Snowflake is an example of an incredible SaaS right. company, 3,400 clients, an ability to start up with a low investment, incredibly scalable, built on better technology. Uh, Palantir is built on old technology, which, quite frankly, gets a, has a lot of uh-huh. critics. And they won't release the renewal rates and the dollar renewal because they're yeah. shitty. A lot of people so try the product and don't would like it. it. So, Palantir or the, the stock. stock? It's that's the correct question. It's going to be an interesting test. If Palantir gets out and and uh, Robin Hood traders just go, oh, it's Palantir. It's got that weirdo Peter Thiel, who's also a crazy genius in terms of investor, and it gets bit up by kids in their basement. I think that's going to be another signal that we yeah. are in for a massive, scary yeah. correction. Yeah. If the markets do what they're supposed to do, I think the markets are going to get a taste of this thing and throw up all over the table and say, no, not here. So it is an interesting test whether the halo. Of Snowflake brings pulls power up in its wake. It's supposed to do a direct listing anytime. It's supposed to do a direct listing. I think in the next thirty days they should
1: get it out before the election because then suddenly he's less powerful. That's from a finance. Again, you should be a
2: journalist. That's the right question. That's the right question. And that is the key to being the biggest asset here is Peter Thiel and his relationships with the administration. And the biggest risk is Peter Thiel and his relationship with the administration. Because do you think a Democratic administration is going to want to cozy up to Peter Thiel? So uh, no, I, I think this no. guy has crossed the line of an effective oligarch that is now so close and the prox- his proximity to Trump has infected him. And I think if a Democratic – Jack Dorsey and Peter Thiel have more of their economic wealth on the line other than Donald Trump, are more invested yeah. in Donald Trump and Mark Zuckerberg, more invested in Donald Trump's re-election than yeah. any individual. That's
1: the real prediction that I just dragged out of you, all those companies. We will talk about it our next show, there you go. this idea of who's in trouble.
2: What do you think? What do you think happens with Palantir? Do you think it gets out? What do you think I happens?
1: Think, I think, I look, I go to the economics, Scott. I think it's, it, it really is troubling that it can't make money. Like, but that doesn't mean it won't. It doesn't mean that it shouldn't. It's just that others are doing rather well in, in an area. So I think they do a lot of hand-waving around their secretiveness and this, and, and their CIA background and their magic Peter Thiel sauce. You yeah. know what I mean? I think they do, there's a lot of hand-waving going on. And by the way, Peter Thiel had a lot of failures too, right? He's done very well. Like, let's be clear. He's a brilliant guy. Uh, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but he's a brilliant guy. But there's a mm-hmm. lot of hand-waving going on at this company. And so it always makes, and it doesn't mean they don't have products that are worthy, but like, if you can't figure out a way to make money after all this time, when all the wind is at your back, including support of this Trump administration, I don't know what, I don't know what. That's how I feel. Thank well you. Set.
2: Well said. Well said, Kara. Thank you. Today's episode was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Our sound engineer is Fernando Finete. Erica Anderson is our executive producer. Special thanks to Drew Burrows. If you like what you heard, please download, subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcast. My WPOKRNOMU GLOSOVADZAD DONALD TRUMP-A! Oh, my God, Kara, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs>